This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 256 of the Dressage Radio Show. Greetings, horse people. This is Coach Jen. This week, most of the Horse Radio Network clan is taking a break at the Rolex Kentucky three-day event, so we thought you might enjoy this previously aired masterpiece gleaned from the audio vaults, where Silva Martin talks about dressage for event horses as well as dressage horses, and the shoulder four is demystified by Natalie Hamilton Heinemann. And we'll get right to the show after this message from Benefab. Are you tired of treating your horse for soreness? Well, then be proactive. Benefab offers you and your horse a natural remedy to joint and muscle stiffness, inflammation, and circulatory deficiencies. Benefab offers a variety of innovative products, like saddle pads and polo wraps and quarter sheets for your horse, and socks and blankets for you. Simply ride in it or wear it and feel the difference Benefab's ceramic-infused products make. You can check them out online at BenefabProducts.com, or you can call them toll-free at 855-957-8378. This is Reese Koffler-Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario, and you're listening to The Dressage Radio Show. Hey, Philip, how are you? I'm well, and yourself, Reese? I am good. We are flying solo without Glenn. No Glenn. So yeah, actually, I didn't introduce him, so he's not here. Yeah, so it's just no you and me chatting away here. <laughs> so I hope everyone had a great week. Philip, what have you been up to? Um, training horses, mostly. Sure. You know, nothing exciting. Just uh, Actually, we got our entries in for our first show, which will be Yay. happening on uh, the weekend of the 19th of May. So uh, looking Coming forward up. to that. Yeah, there's this. There's a CDI going on. We didn't. We don't. I don't have any horses for the CDI, but it should be a nice big show as long as the weather turns around a little bit. We'll be all right. I know it's still snowing there, isn't it? Well, yeah, not today, but uh, <laughs> I think it could tomorrow. That's what they're saying. So Ugh. I'm not even going to think about. It. I stopped thinking about. Yeah. it. I'm, just, I'm living life day by day. It's going to be fine. Well, everybody, if if you are in a place uh, that is uh, blooming, like I am, and I am not sick, I just have allergies, so I apologize about the na- the nasally voice. But it is beautiful in Kentucky, but oh, poor <laughs> my allergies you. are proving. Poor I know Philip suffering. doesn't want to hear about it. Good. So, what have you been <laughs> up to? We, did you go to a horse show? We did. We went to a horse show over the weekend, and uh, these are this is the group that went to Florida with me. So they have been showing. So this is not their first show of the season, uh, and it was great. Um, my big mare Winnie qualified for regionals at fourth level, so I was thrilled Wonderful. with her. I know Denali. Denali wasn't as perfect as he always is on oh, Saturday. I almost killed him. Everyone, yeah. we've all been there where he just kept screaming for his friends, uh, and I'm like. Denali, come on. A baby, yeah, baby. baby yeah, he, yeah. yeah he, he really was a baby on Saturday. And uh, so he did spend a little extra time on the lunch line. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't fight that uh, myself personally yeah. when they're like that at a show. They just go on the lunch line until they're just tired. And, and, yeah, you just need to separate them yep. for a bit. And yeah, so we did that. Yeah. And he was awesome on Sunday. He got a 69%. Excellent. But I've got to give a shout out to Charmed Life, or we call him Cody, Big Code Man. He's owned by Nancy Thomas, a wonderful owner for me. And um, Cody got a 79% in his training three. So that was exciting. What was the bribe to the judge? <laughs> no, no bribe. No, no bribe. bribe. There was no bribe <laughs> just, involved. Just, I was just so good horse, happy. good riding, maybe. 
Yeah. And it was, it was one of those uh, tests where I came out and I was so proud of him and it, that's my career. I've never uh, gotten a 79. So I hope uh, we show it in the end of May. So I hope that we will <laughs> break the 80% mark is the plan. That's so I was really proud. That's a pretty proud. lofty goal there, Reese. Just <laughs> well, be just happy with 79 and hope to get I it again. Know. Why you got to bump it up? <laughs> well, you know, Perfection. We are always yes. striving for, for perfection. All, all those tens, right? Looking yeah, for tens. So it, was, it was a great show and had another client that already qualified for regionals. Uh, she did it in training at first level in one weekend. It was two different shows. So oh, okay. uh, so we already have a nice group going to Chicago in oh, September. Cool. So cool. yeah, it was fun. really a good one. And I have this I have this thing that when horses are good, uh, celebrate because there are a lot of days where uh, – you know, horses are hard. So we did celebrate. We had a nice celebration on Sunday night. All of us had a nice picnic and it was fun. So really oh, good weekend. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So you guys have Rolex coming up. What's, what's, yes. we got a special interview today. What's on the show? We do. We have a special interview from Silva Martin, and she is married to four-star rider and Olympian Boyd Martin. And um, we saw her in Florida, and we thought it would be really fun to have her come on and talk a little bit about – she is a wonderful dressage trainer, uh, a regular dressage trainer, but she obviously trains a lot of event horses and top-level horses for the U.S. So for eventing. So um, I think it'll, you'll find it really interesting to hear sort of what are the requirements for the event horses – um, and then Silva and I will uh, come back on the show and tell you well, uh, Rolex is, has wonderful shopping, best shopping of the year. I will shopping. Yeah, we'll have shopping. A, what's new in the, in the yeah. shopping world, right? <laughs> Silva and I will will go do that uh, while she's here we'll in Lexington. Lots of research, right, for the show? Yes, we're gonna do some market research, exactly. <laughs> so, and then we also have a friend of our, ours, uh, Natalie Hamilton Hinneman. He's going to talk to us about shoulder four and our trainer tips. So should be a really good show. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, down in the U.S., there's some big news this week. You're hiring uh, a chef to keep, technical Indeed. advisor. Good. Robert Dover has been selected as the new dressage technical advisor and chef to keep of the U.S. The U.S. Equestrian Federation announced Wednesday saying that the contract is still to be finalized uh, to fill the position. Uh, that is expected to be through the 2016 Olympic Games in Rio. So Very that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, I think he's going to – well, he did a good job for Canada when he was up here helping us being our, our technical advisor. So I think he's kind of used to the role and what, what's required. And uh, I'm sure he's going to do an awesome job for you guys. I think so too. I think I think he's wanted this job for a long time, and I think he'll do a really, really good job. So I am really looking forward to it and seeing how he sort of develop and and how how he takes the country. So that'll be that'll be and wonderful. I don't think there's anyone more passionate in, about dressage, you know, and about American dressage or te- you know, kind of team dressage. Uh, he's uh, uh, exactly. No, I think it'll be great. So uh, I wish him well. I think we all do. And we all are looking forward to hearing his plans. So uh, once that contract gets finalized, we'll let you guys know. Excellent. But Canada, huh? And the Nations Cup. Yeah, Tell we had our show it. last week about the Nations Cup. And it looks like Crystalot Boylan of Canada, Rodeo Mio, to individual gold medal at the Nations Cup, which she won to, uh, in the Intermediaire one on, on Sunday. Cesar Para of New Jersey turned out one of the best rides on his horse, Van the Man, since he started competing the horse in Grand Prix a year ago to win the silver. And Caroline Rothman, who's been on the show a couple of times, uh, a great person, great trainer, rode Her Highness to individual bronze um, and was also won team gold with uh, USA Team 1. So 
As far as the team competition went, USA 1 was first, won the gold. USA 2 won the silver. And Canada 1, uh, Canada Team 1 won the, the bronze medal. So it sounded like a wonderful competition. Yeah, there's lots of great things that came off and great things that were posted on YouTube. So you can go take a look at those. Um, lots of great. photos of the Spanish team, the Matuza family uh -huh. who we had on the show, um, who gave us a you know a really fun interview. It looked like they were having a blast, which uh, you know they you can see lots of Spanish flags out and and uh, really a lot of enthusiasm around this Nations Cup show. So I hope they continue to host it there. And the I do too. I think they will. Global. I think they'll keep going out. So that's a great facility and it has really good support in the area. So uh, we wish them well. And next year, maybe you, Philip, you and I can go down and see it in person. Yeah. So it looked like a real, real big party. And that's what I like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll be there. <laughs> well, we, I can't wait to talk with Silva Martin after our commercial break. And Silva Martin will talk to us about, um, you know, getting an eventing horse uh, ready for dressage. Jen here, host of the Horse Tip Daily Show on the Horse Radio Network. The way consumers interact with the brands they have trusted for years and those they are about to fall in love with for the first time is becoming more and more mobile, literally, and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. Podcasts or internet radio shows like this one combine the new consumer preference for on-demand information and entertainment with the power of niche market audiences. Advertising on the Horse Radio Network podcasts allows you to reach the equestrian consumer using today's preferred on-demand delivery system. It's cost-effective and flexible, able to reinforce your existing marketing and social media strategies. To learn more about advertising on this show or any of the shows on the Horse Radio Network, contact us at 859-951-2022 or you can email us at glenn at horseradionetwork.com. That's glenn with two N's at horseradionetwork.com. Come and join the Horse Radio Network family. You'll enjoy the ride. Well, it is our pleasure to have Silver Martin on the show this evening. She is uh, a wonderful FEI rider and trainer, and she is the wife of Boyd Martin. So we decided this week, since uh, especially the Lexington area is getting ready for uh, uh, our big event, which is Rolex, which is a four-star eventing uh, show, and it's huge and great shopping, that we would have Silva on to talk a little bit about eventing dressage and what that means and how she trains um, her, her and Boyd's horses for eventing. So, Silva, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Hi, Reese. Thanks for having me. Well, let's get started. Tell us everything we need to know about eventing dressage and training eventers. Um, well, it's it's a little bit, obviously, the event horses have to do a lot of jobs and dressage. Um, you know, they have to do all the fitness and the jumping and all the other crazy things they're doing. Um, but the dressage is a little bit similar to, to our dressage, obviously a lower level, but um, we work on the same things, um, you know, awareness of the arena and, um, you know, balance and, and, you know, all the movements, it's a little bit, it's equivalent to maybe between third and fourth level of what they're doing with Bolex. Um, so, you know, this at this time we're, we're mainly working on 
on the test and, and trying to perfect the movements in the test. Excellent. So, and and the the eventing horses are a little bit more hot blooded, would you say, than than uh, our typical dressage horses? Yeah, you, you know, not necessarily anymore. The the sport has changed a lot. You know, there used to be mainly thoroughbreds or X race horses that are obviously hotter than our warm bloods, but now um, they have spread in a lot of warm blood into the event horses. So they're not necessarily hotter. What they are, they're a lot fitter than um, than our horses are in a different way, um, maybe not quite as strong for the collection, but they're definitely um, ready to run for 12 minutes flat out uphills and jump big jumps. So, um, you know, to get those guys tired takes a little bit more than ours. And, and what are some additional challenges to do with the with the eventing horses that and some ideas to overcome those challenges to, uh, you know, in your day-to-day training? Um, I, I think what I, the biggest challenge the event riders or event horses have is that they don't have the consistency of the training of the, that we have. Um, our horses, uh, you know, mainly, um, you know, work in the arena and, and every day have that, um, you know, uh, repetition of, of what we're doing. And the event horses maybe get, um, you know, maximum maybe three to four days of dressage a week and the rest of the time they're working on their fitness and their jumping and, and all the other things they're doing. Um, so they, they're kind of missing out on having, you know, the intense uh, dressage training um, like that our horses have. So, so let, let me ask you this question. I hear a lot of times, well, it's a venting dressage. Um, and it's uh-huh. kind of a pet peeve of mine because I feel like training a dressage horse and, and the requirements of a dressage horse and the things that happen in the test are what they are. How do you feel about that? Do you train your event horses any differently than you would a third level, fourth level dressage horse? Uh, no, not necessarily. I, I think it's a, it's pretty similar. Obviously, the movements are the same. Um, but but I do have to say I, I do think there's a difference. Um, I, I don't think the judges necessarily want to see the same thing. I think uh, for for the event uh, horses or event riders, it's very important that it is a very accurate, um, mistake-free. Not that that's different to ours, but in our sport, they want to see more suspension, uh, more um, you, you know more movement. Like the event horses don't necessarily have to have a you know, a huge trot or a big can or, you know, they don't want to see all this flamboyance that actually gets in their way a little bit. I think if you if you look at the top, um, really top uh, top class event horses like Michael Young's horses and, and Fox Pits, then none of those are really huge movers. They're, they're more, um, they do a test that is completely seamless, but it doesn't have any, like, real huge wow factors in them. So I think that makes it a little bit different to our dressage. And what about the riders? What is what are some of the challenges? I think that you work with some event, event riders, right? I mean, you you teach some mm-hmm. dressage to event riders. Yeah. What, are, what challenges do they? Do you see some common things that the that they have a hard time dealing with, and how do they overcome those types of you know th- those problems? Um, I, I think. Um, <laughs> Being married to to an event rider, I think they're a different breed. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed to say that. Um, yeah, that's true. That. Yeah, you can you say can you say can that. really say that. You can say that. <laughs> they are a different breed, and then and you. I always say you're either an event rider or you're not. Um, you know that these people like their horses run on a lot of adrenaline, and I think um, to to be as not disciplined. These people, especially the guys I work with. Um, 
are very, very disciplined, but but not um, so much in the dressage. Like they're they're still um, you know full of energy and and just like their horses. So they they want to kind of get the dressage event done with, so they can go out and and jump and and do all these things. So um, I think um, you know I don't know. I feel like the the biggest challenge for those guys are like the most difficult things in the test, like the flying changes and, and, and things that you have to practice and practice and practice. And I think the the riders um, get a little bit bored with it maybe. Um, and I think that's the biggest challenge. That makes sense because they do the, the, the questions that they do and ask it's, it's amazing. So when you talk about, so getting a horse ready for Rolex, for example, how, how do you do that with an event horse with all the fitness work? Um, you said maybe three to four days a week, but how often do you work the test? How often do you work the movements, the flying changes, that type of thing? Um, you know, it, it's like our horses. It's uh, it really depends on the horse. Um, like for example, um, Boyd has a, a younger horse uh, called Trading Aces that he's going to ride next week. Um, it's an eight-year-old horse um, from Ireland, and um, it, it's it's a obviously a younger horse. It's its first four-star, so um, we do have to work on the test quite a bit um, at the moment, just because the horse kind of needs to know where it's going, and and really like Boyd needs to get a feel for for how to help him through the test because he's not. You know, he's not like an, an older horse that kind of knows everything. Um, but other horses, I think, that have done it a lot um, know those tests because they do the same tests um, at all the four stars. Um, same little bit like we, you know, once we go Grand Prix, we go Grand Prix. Um, so I, I think, um, you know, it, it depends on the horse. It, it's just hard, especially with a green horse like that, is that you don't have every day um, that you can – you know, maybe one day work on just some basics and another day just work on, you know, riding nice corners and, and work on, you know, uh, other things. I feel like now that we have to work on a test so much, um, the time that we have, that's what we have to do. So we kind of, you know, you miss out on a few things that I would like to work on more, but that's just kind of, um, that's a little bit how the, the game goes, I guess. And which parts of the dressage training do you think helps the eventers in their jumping the most? You know, which which things are kind of the same and which are different? Um, you know, I always uh, th- I think about that a lot. Um, uh, David O'Connor was here today um, watching everybody train and we talked about it. And I think uh, riding dressage and, and riding uh, to a jump is very, very similar. I think, um, you know, doing a lot of transitions and and, and learning how to collect the horse and having a horse, especially in front of your leg is, is key. And that's the same for us. So it's, it's very similar. I, you know, I always try to put in, um, you know, for the event riders, try to get a picture in the head of, uh, you know, riding to a flying change, like riding to a, um, you know, a, a vertical and, and try to, because they're so good at riding to jumps so they can kind of, you know, relate that, um, and, uh, you know, to the, to the dressage movement. And do you, do you go with Boyd to the competitions? What, what parts of, of the eventing shows that do you like the most? Do you sit down and watch the dressage or, or do you not even? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I only do the stars. I don't do the little events, um, because I, I'm busy myself, but, um, I do, I do, I do like to, I do like to watch if I can, um, just because I, uh, you know, I want to 
you know, you learn so much from watching and, and kind of get the idea of what the judges want to see. And it took me, uh, you know, a few years to kind of get into the whole um, eventing massage. Now I'm calling it that myself, but I do think there's a little bit of difference. So yeah, I do, I do go, um, I do go to the events and I, I, my favorite one is Rolex. I love that event. It's, it's fun. Like um, reset is good shopping. So that's good for me. <laughs> Very good shopping. We love it. But we take a day off. We take a national day of shopping on Thursday yeah. at Rolex just to go shopping. Sylvia, you can join us because it's all dressage riders. It's a great place to find oh, a saddle good. too. Yeah, you come join oh, us. We'll have, we'll have a great time. Perfect. No, I, <laughs> so I Silva, the tell us and the food. Uh, the food, yeah, well, the whole thing. The event is very fun. <laughs> if anyone ever is in the Lexington area, it's a real happening and really something to come and see. But Silva, I can't has I can't not ask you, how are your own dressage horses doing and what are you up to with those horses? Um, they're doing great. I, I feel uh I feel like I have a really good group. I'm excited. I, I have um uh a young man that I took to um Wellington um, this winter and she's a, she's just turning eight and she did her first CDIs and she did really well. It's a homebred horse. I'm excited about her. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. And then I have another horse that's just turning eight that, um, had a little bit of a setback, but hopefully both those horses will, um, move up to Grand Prix next year. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, so that's where I saw you and it asked you to come on the show. You were riding in the sea in the Palm Beach Derby. So it was wonderful to see you on your own horses. Well, Silva, thank, thank you. you so much for coming on the show. And if people want to find you on the internet, how do they do that? Uh, we, we have a website called boydandsilvermartin.com. Um, so anybody check it out. That's pretty simple. Great. Great. Thank you so much, Silva. Good luck next You're week. You're welcome. Well, that was a great discussion with Silva. And don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, we will tell you how the shopping goes next week at Rolex and we will let you know how her husband does, Boyd uh, Martin. Uh, and after this commercial break, we're going to talk with Natalie Hamilton Hinneman, uh, a trainer from Minnesota. And she's going to talk to us a little bit about the amazing uses of Shoulder 4. Hi all, Glenn the Geek here, and we're excited to bring you a special offer for Horse Radio Network listeners from one of my favorite companies, and that is Audible.com. Audible.com is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. Audible has over 85,000 titles to choose from in every genre. Thrillers, business, romance, comedy, sci-fi, sports, and so much more. Audible titles play on your iPhone, your Kindle, your Android, or more than 500 different devices that you can listen anytime, anywhere. My wife and I love Audible books. We've been a member of Audible since 2004 and have listened to over 100 books uh, with Audible. What horse person, you know, who has time as a horse person to sit down and to read a book anymore? Yet, I found the time to listen to books on Audible. When I'm not listening to podcasts while I'm riding, cleaning stalls, or at the gym, or driving, I'm listening to Audible books. And for the listeners of the Horse Radio Network, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash hrn. That's audibletrial.com slash HRN for Horse Radio Network. And you can download your free audiobook and get your 14-day free trial today. If you can't remember that, just check out our website and you'll find a link to it right there. Enjoy your book. We know you will. Well, it is our pleasure this evening to introduce Natalie Hamilton Hinneman to the show. She is a wonderful trainer in Minnesota 
And she is going to give us a trainer tip of the week of the amazing usage of shoulder four in our everyday training. Natalie, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. This is great. Well, Lots of fun. We're ready. Yeah, we're ready. Let's get started. The amazing usage of shoulder four. I love this topic. This is a great one. So whenever you're ready. I do too. I do too. You know, I I teach a lot of amateurs and I love to focus on this. It is is such to me the basic the basic thing to learn to make everything better. Um it is is it is a tool I think that really helps uh, the rider connect to the horse and really start to establish a good connection, you know, inside leg to outside rein and leg, and really start to get the horse to partner with the rider and develop a good, solid communication. And I think even even thinking towards shoulder four, you know, when, you know, you're starting as a, as a beginner rider or, you know, you're starting a beginner horse, the thought of going there, I think, is always such a good thing to think about from the beginning, and um, and I, I really, I, I really like to build build everything from that and really, really home in on it. And I, I call it home base. You know, get in the home base and and start thinking about that positioning when you get in the saddle, and um, and then once that that communication is is you know established then we start to build off of it and pushing the horse forward in it and pushing the horse sideways in it and developing a little more shoulder four developing shoulder in developing uh the the beginning of the bending and everything else um but i i can't say enough about it about that positioning um, for, for my day-to-day riding. I think about that all the time. So, Natalie, when you uh, have a new student yeah. coming to you or a new horse, how are you introducing the idea of, of shoulder four? So if you can break it down well, for our listeners yeah. and explain exactly, you know, what it is and how you start out and, and, and what to do, basically. Yeah, well, when when the rider gets on the horse, we usually, after... You know, they get get their mojo going and they're they're warmed up. Then what I like to start with is is doing with a new rider like a baby shoulder, a ba- excuse me, a baby leg yoke um, feeling. Uh, so what I'll what I'll have them do when they're first beginning it is that I'll have them walk down the rail just a couple feet in, and then I'll say, okay, now start using your inside leg. You know, when you feel that horse stepping underneath you in to, and, and direct it towards the horse's outside ear. And then have have them bring the horse to the rail so they start to feel that inside hind stepping under the horse when they're influencing it. And then as they start to feel that rhythm and feel that movement, then I start changing the line. So we'll we'll make it on a on a circle, a little leg yielding out feeling and and we'll take it, you know, through the corner or then we'll build on the angle as the the rider starts to understand and get the rhythm and then of course then you add you add the trot, you add it in the canter. But basically that I start, you know, at the walk. I come a little a little bit in on the rail and then say, okay, let's push them to the rail. And it all kind of 
starts from there. No, I think that's great. And it's, it's certainly something that we all need to use all every day, all day long on every horse. But Natalie, tell us some other situations um, where you could use shoulder four. Well, I like to use it a lot in the trot, especially with the horse that's a little bit uh, stiff or a rider that's a little bit stiff to one side, you know, that they really get themselves over their inside seat bone and they can feel themselves, you know, sitting more even because they're influencing that inside hind more directly underneath the horse so that, um, you know, that, that, you know, it's, to me, it's just the, the basic element of supplement, supplements also that when you can control that, that hind leg and bring it underneath the horse, you know, you're going to have a horse that's more supple and bending through the inside and a, and a rider who has a pocket or a place to sit. Um, so, you know, through, through, you know, using it with the stiffness by using that slight positioning to, to get that suppleness and also, and also the strengthening, um, you know, that the horse starts to come underneath their, themselves and push more. Um, you know, it is, it is, um, such a, such an amazing tool because it does yeah. so many things. It's just one it positioning and it fixes, fixes strength and supple that just does so much, um, uh, it comes to yeah. mind for me today, you know, I was teaching a lesson with a horse that was spooking and okay. it's a great exercise also, you know, to, to kind of help the rider, you know, get the horse's attention, um, and, and put them in shoulder force so that there is a little bit of lateral flexion. So I certainly 100%. had, yeah, had some, had some good success with that. Yeah. I, and that's, and that's and a great point, you know, you know, once, if you're riding towards that every day and you're riding towards that feeling and it is, it becomes home-based, you know, I like to say for my riders, home-based, you know, a place where it's comfortable. You get that and it's consistent and it's the same and the horse feels it and the horse relaxes to it. You know, when you put that aid on, they know it. It's 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 their comfort zone. And then when you come to a place like a, a, a new farm, you come to the showgrounds, you, you get to that home base where you're riding in that, in that positioning and that's like shoulder four uh, or shoulder in if needed, if you need a little more connection. But the horse is so used to it that it relaxes to that feeling. And then the rider can relax because they're, they, they feel like they're in a pocket. They have a place to sit. They have the bend controlled. Um, they have that inside hind leg coming under and forward. So you can place the horse wherever you want it. Um I, no, I, think, I think that is a huge point. No, I think that's good too. And and I think you mentioned it a little bit, but can you elaborate a little more on the straightness on how you can use shoulder four to get straightness? Totally. Yeah. Another thing that is so amazing for, you know, when, when you're riding in shoulder four and you've got that, that hind leg directed underneath the horse's body and you've got him, you've got the feeling that you, you've got, You've got a connection in your outside aids, and the horse is standing up between your inside leg and your outside rein and leg, and, and you can you can you can have those you get those hind legs right underneath you. Then the shoulders can come up, and you've got a horse that's moving straight through its body, 
butt half flexion, um, and there's an best balance to be able to move uphill and underneath itself. And it's, um, uh, it's, it's, such such a, a good thing to yeah, I think to, you're right. It does it does everything for you. I mean it teaches the horse submission. When you can put your inside leg on and push it to the outside rein, the horse accepts your outs inside leg, it accepts your outside rein, then the horse learns to be comfortable and, and submissive. It just gives you all the great points of of what a dressage horse should be. So like you said, if you start early then you're you're fixing so many problems early. Now I wanna right. ask you a question about pitfalls problems that might might occur that you can think of a few common ones that that yeah. maybe you would have a few solutions for or or to tell our listeners you know what's going wrong why it's going wrong a little bit well the the, the, so the biggest thing that i see that happens is the horse falls through the outside aid so that's the the horse pops its outside shoulder mostly that's what tends to happen when uh you're riding it uh, when it when you try to ride it and it happens to not work out, the horse starts to to uh, overbend and lose uh, and kind of fall through the outside shoulder and and um, and and lean that way. Um, so that definitely, if you have that going on, it's it's definitely not working. And then you're not creating what you want and making the horse, you know, more together and underneath itself and uphill so your the energy is all falling out so that to fix it you know have the the riders you know either straighten the neck more through the outside brain with the outside leg um but keeping the inside leg on so that you're still directing that inside hind under and or also counter flexing a little bit to ride a little run there uh feeling to get that outside shoulder caught again no, I think that's a really good, I think that is a common fault that we see a lot um, with the shoulder four, that the altitude aids aren't kind of helping the rider control. Um, and, and it's also something to work on for, for that. So I think that that's really a very, very good topic there. Uh, so Natalie, how do we find you on the internet if we were to look you up? Well, you can go to my website. It's uh, com. Uh, and I also have um, a Facebook page. It's Natalie Hamilton Hinneman. Great. Well, thanks so much for coming on the radio show, and I hope everyone works on their shoulder for this week. I hope so, too. I hope they have success with it. I love it. Well, thank you to Natalie for a wonderful trainer tip. I think shoulder for or shoulder in and, and those types of ideas are really important. We ride it every single day with no matter kind of what level the horse you can ride you can do a little bit of it. Just, you know, all the things we talked about, balance and placement and submission, and it, it just it does everything. So I really was glad that she came on and talked about that. Um, and I'd like to thank, uh, you know, our um, our listeners. for we got lots of mail, lots of great show ideas coming in for, on our Facebook page. So uh, keep it coming, and uh, we'll continue to do, to do shout-outs for you and, uh, and get these ideas on the show. We're going to bring on a judge maybe soon to... Uh, to talk a little bit about judging. We yeah. haven't had a judge in a little while, so that's, that would be exciting, fun. I think that sounds great. Yeah, no, these are great tips. We love them. Keep them coming in. 
So everybody, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website at dressageradio.com. You can like us on Facebook. Just search for the Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com, and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our wonderful sponsors this week for allowing the show to come on, uh, come on the air. And don't forget to check out all the other great shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you in two weeks. Next week is the Para Dressage show for the month, so I hope to have a great show. And we will be back the beginning of May. Have a great day. Have a great couple of weeks, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.